Good evening, everyone. I'll call the regular town council meeting of May 8th to order at 5 p.m. We have the agenda in front of us. Are there any additions or deletions? There is none from administration, Your Worship. Okay, thank you. And would someone care to move the acceptance of the agenda? Councillor Good? So moves. So moved. And it, uh, all those in favor? It is carried. Thank you. Okay, next up we have the minutes of the April 24th regular council meeting. Did anyone notice any edits to those minutes? Okay, then would someone care to move the adoption of those minutes? Councillor Carr so moves. All those in favor? It is carried. We also have the minutes of the May 1st special council meeting in front of us. Any edits that anybody noticed on those? Okay, Councillor Scammerhorn moves those minutes. All those in favor? is carried. Thank you. Okay, we're now at public hearings and the topic is bylaw 2130 amending the municipal development plan bylaw number 1874 for the purposes of enabling residential within the commercial policy area of the MVP. And uh, we have a motion that maybe someone could put forth. Yes, please. Okay, I'll move that council open the public hearing on the matter of bylaw 2130, amending municipal development plan bylaw number 1874 for the purpose of enabling residential in the commercial policy area of the MDP. Thank you. All those in favor of that motion? It is carried. Thank you. So, um, I hereby declare the statutory public hearing open at 5.02 p.m. and note that this hearing is held pursuant to sections 7, 8, 606, and 692 of the Municipal Government Act. I request the Manager of Planning and Development to confirm first what is the, what the purpose of the public hearing is. Good evening, everyone. The purpose of the public hearing is to consider policy amendments to the municipal development plan that would facilitate mixed use development in the commercial area of the municipal development plan. Thank you. Also, when the public hearing notice was advertised in the local newspaper. The hearing was advertised. Sorry, just flipping for the page. Advertised in the Smoky River Express on April 29th and I mean, sorry, March 29th and April 5th. Thank you. Um, 
Also, were there any written submissions received and not included in the public hearing agenda package? We received written submissions from the known Sunrise County and the Peace and the County of Northern Lights, all expressing that they had no concerns and a submission from Alberta Transportation, which is quoted in the report, expressing that they had no concerns with the MVP amendment specifically. Okay, and just a question of detail, CAO, do we need the um, information from the other municipalities actually read verbatim? I realize they didn't include them in the public hearing package. Oh, they weren't, so you should probably read it out then. Take a moment. Thank you. Sorry. I'll have to log out and log into my profile so that I can access them. They're on the planning. I'll be accessing. Can we move to do that on a different computer? I could. Because I think the team is leading us right now. There. Yeah. Okay. I can do that. Mm -hmm. for, for the sake of timing, could we perhaps do that while somebody else is speaking later in the agenda? Yes, absolutely. Apologies. Okay, so we'll uh, not forget that part of things. So during this hearing, I ask that all persons giving oral presentations are to clearly state their name and that presentations are to be brief and to the point. And I will now call on the development officer or designate. Ms. Modi. All right. Uh, so I'm here to present on bylaw 20, 2130, which is the amendment to the municipal development plan. I am not going to read out the entirety of the report, but I would like to try and highlight some of the key points. So the application is, or the amendment is before you because we've received an application to amend the MVP to allow for a development that would be a mix of residential and commercial on the West Hill. But the application uh, is not currently supported by our municipal development plan and specifically the commercial policy area of the municipal development plan. So this amendment provides some changes to that section. Uh, to facilitate residential, a mix of residential and commercial, and to also provide council and any other decision makers with some direction about some of the factors that would be important that we want to consider when we are making a decision around a mixed use development. So we provide specifically uh, four or three new policies that would be 5.13, 0.14, and 0.15 within the municipal development plan that provide some direction. Um, Specifically, 5.13 tells us that we should consider whether an adding of the residential to the area would limit or inhibit future commercial development adjacent because the intention of this policy area is still to be primarily commercial. So we want to make sure that we are maintaining that commercial primacy and that we are not saying mm. residential is going to um, be a limiting factor for future commercial development. Uh, 5.14 directs that we would, if we're dealing with this or this circumstance where we don't have a land use district that would apply, especially on the West Hill, because uh, we don't have a district that easily fits our current, uh, the, the West Hill commercial area where we've got large lot development that's vehicle oriented along with a mix of residential, that we would direct that that goes to direct control. 
which provides both uh, the developer a great deal of flexibility in terms of the application that they're bringing forward and also the town some flexibility in terms of what we're considering when we're making the decision. Uh, in terms of key characteristics of direct control, that is, uh, council is the decision maker for direct control when it comes to development permit applications. So making sure the application is complete and making the decision on the application are both decisions that would come before council. The direct control district does provide some direction in terms of some of the factors that council should take into consideration when making that decision. They're listed here. Um, but one thing to keep in mind is that despite Having a great deal of flexibility, council is still bound by its own plan being the municipal development plan. So you do have to take that into consideration. And when it's a, a shall or a, a very strong statement, then that is the position of council that the plan provides. Um, and then 5.15 also gives some direction for some of the key consideration. Uh, one thing that we did incorporate into this policy is because it's direct control, and we don't have the same appeal processes on a direct control decision that we would have on a normal development decision where a neighboring affected landowner could appeal to the um, Subdivision and Development Appeal Board or the Property and Land Rights Tribunal. Um, we have ensured that if we're facing a direct control decision, uh, we are requiring that the applicant provide a lot of that information ahead at the land use bylaw amendment stage and that neighboring landowners are notified because their only opportunity to really speak prior to a decision being made would be at the uh, land use bylaw amendment stage rather than at a development application or an appeal stage because there is no appeal if council is the decision maker, your decision becomes final. Um, and that gives those neighboring landowners the opportunity to raise any concerns that the planning staff or the developer may have not considered in their application. And then in terms of the key uh, site and building design principles to ensure that we're trying to uh, provide for quality residential development, because we are still trying to do a unique mix of commercial and residential, we're prioritizing uh, the safety of pedestrian movement, minimizing, minimizing of noise and pollution impacts, ensuring that access to green space is still considered and and made important um, and having standards with respect to design, landscaping, uh, the mitigation of hard surfaces. So we're not paving paradise and putting up a parking lot and asking people to live in the middle of it. Um, and that there are buffers between uses that are appropriate. So those policies then are consistent with the residential uh, objectives that we have within our municipal development plan for infill areas. So this, in terms of the, or how we, uh, our evaluation of the proposed amendment, um, this, this bylaw amendment does create more opportunities for mixed use development, which can have a number of benefits for our community. It does give our residents more opportunities to live near or next to their place of work. It can encourage a higher level of design within our commercial areas. Uh, it increases our development density, which hopefully also increases the uh, effectiveness of our infrastructure and the lowers the relative cost of that infrastructure. Uh, it creates more activity throughout the day in a specific area, which can have positive environmental design and crime prevention through environmental design considerations. And it supports the efficient use for infrastructure. 
and is also recognizing that the town does have a limited number of spots where large residential development can currently be contemplated specifically uh, that are feasible from a, an environmental perspective and also that are near to service to uh, land within our town. We do have limited locations. So this gives us the flexibility to consider some other spots that are not currently on the table. Uh, we do want to recognize that this does create some additional pressures as well, specifically for amenities that would meet the needs of the new residents in that area. Uh, specifically up on the West Hill, we don't have a lot of residential type amenities for those residents to take uh, advantage of. We hear about it, I think, on a fairly regular basis when we think about the residents that are up uh, by the hospital, especially when it comes to pedestrian network. We see a lot of people who are driving on this streets with their scooters or walking on the street. So we know we have some pressures related to that. This would potentially add to that, but the reality is the pressures do exist today. So some added pressure might also bring some added resources that then we can uh, use to address the concerns. Uh, the other concerns would be with respect to green space and making sure that there's adequate green space uh, and other infrastructure. We will note, and we have been addressing the fact that there is also a limited number of street lights up in that area, so it can be quite dark. And you can see that if you look at figure three, which is on page five of my report, uh, with respect in particular to the green space and the uh, pedestrian infrastructure, you can see the uh, MDP commercial lands are in pink on that map, and then the park space, I show you where our parks are in the community, as well as the 500 meter buffer from those parks. And you can kind of see where the circle stop overlapping is right around where that we have our commercial lands on the West Hill. And then you can also pretty clearly see the gap in the pedestrian infrastructure that exists on the West Hill as well through our commercial areas. So those will be the challenges that come with increasing residential in this area, but that future development can also help to fill those gaps. So in terms of advertising, we did state that uh, this was advertised in the Smoky River Ex Express, which is the paper that we are currently advertising uh, bylaw amendments in. We also had it on the town or have had it on the town's website since March 24th, as well as on Facebook and Twitter pages uh, repeatedly over the last uh, number of months. It was posted on the bulletin board on March 24th as well. And I also want to highlight that we did mail out uh, to all of the properties that are designated commercial in the municipal development plan, we mailed a direct notice to those property owners. And because we did reschedule this hearing, we did that twice. Uh, and at this time, apart from uh, hearing from our rural neighbors, the County of Northern Sunrise, uh, Northern Lights, and the MD of Peace, uh, we did not receive any feedback. Those counties all said they had no concerns and we have received no feedback from uh, the public. Uh, Alberta Transportation, I will highlight has indicated that they don't have any concerns with the MVP amendment. However, they have indicated that they have concerns with the proposed development that is specifically at the site um, because the, it may impact the highway. Uh, the existing access may not accommodate the development. So their AT would expect uh, that the specific development would require a traffic impact assessment and detailed site plan before they would issue their roadside development permits which we require prior to issuing our development permits. So I don't have uh, any other comments. Uh, we would recommend that council close the public hearing and then consider the readings of the bylaws uh, further into the meeting.
I can take any questions council might have. Okay, um, are we ready with the um, responses from the other municipalities? Madam Mayor, I'll pull that up yeah. uh, when someone else is speaking. I okay. assume in favor of the bottom. Okay, okay. So thank you for that. Um, does council have any question at this point in time? Does adjacent um, uh, properties mean touching or certain circumference or uh, radius? It typically means touching, uh, but it will also take into consideration key uh, geographic or okay. different factors. So roads, if your property is across the road, the, it's still adjacent, even though the road is separating the two properties. Okay, good. Okay, so I will now call on those in favor of the bylaw. Not sure if any of the, the contention at the back wants to come forward at this point. Totally in favor. Totally in favor. Totally in favor. <laughs> okay. Um, and what would your name be? I, I'm uh, I'm Paul Singer. Okay. Thank you. We'll have that for the record. That uh, you're totally in favor. Good to know. Um, I will now call on those opposed to the bylaw. Okay, I will now call on any person deemed to be affected who wishes to be heard. Do counselors have any questions at this point in time? Okay, we're just going to take it slowly. I'd just like to thank, um, thank you guys for providing so much information, like the video, the 3D flyby and everything like that. Uh, I found that you put together a lot of information that made it uh, pretty simple to have an opinion on something like this. So thank you very much for the work you put in ahead of time. Thank you. Okay, I'm good. All right, I can read into the record. Thank you. from Northern Sunrise County. Good morning, Alicia. Council has no concerns with the proposed amendment. Have a great day, Jennifer. From the MV of Peace. Hi, Alicia. The MV of Peace has no, doesn't have any issues with this development. Have a great day. From the County Northern Lights. Good morning, Alicia. Please do the attached response on behalf of the county. Let's pull that one up. I do have it. 
Okay. That one AT response. Good morning, Alicia. Thank you for the notification regarding the proposed MVP amendment, which would allow for consideration of mixed use development, which could include residential uses on commercial lands. I understand that this proposal is a result of an application for development of Plan 3155HW Lot 11 and Plan 3155HW Lot 10. Transportation and Economic Corridors has no concerns with the proposed amendment, but would like to note that there are concerns with the proposed with the proposed, sorry, Transportation and Economic Corridors has no concerns with the proposed amendment, but would like to note that there are no concerns with the proposed development. But there are concerns. Sorry, I keep adding the note. Last, may I, last may I contact, I was contacted by a developer who was inquiring about developing an apartment complex as well as some fast food restaurants at the above noted location. I advised that transportation has concerns with how the proposed development may impact the highway as the existing access may not accommodate the development and informed the developer that prior to consideration, a traffic impact assessment and detailed site plan would be required. Thank you for Mary Crowley. And one more. Okay, this one's a little bit longer. Thank you for your email of March 20th, 2023, allowing us the opportunity to provide comments on the town's proposal for an amendment to your land use bylaw. We offer comments below. We understand the amendment proposes of enabling a mixed use development with a medium density residential component within the commercial area of the West Hill. The proposed LED amendment was referred to the county in accordance with section 2.3.1C of the IDP and does not represent a conflict with IDP policy. The County of Northern Lights does not have any specific concerns related to the amendments proposed. Should any of our residents express concern over the proposal, we will forward them to your attention. Thank you for the opportunity to comment. And that was from Josh Hunter, the Director of Finance and Acting CIO at the time. Thank you for those. And uh, we're just making sure we've gone through the steps that we're supposed to go through here. So. Uh, thank you again, Ms. Modi. And um, so, councillors, any questions come to mind at this point yet? Okay. Um, then would anyone like to make a concluding statement, I guess, for Ms. Modi, since she made a presentation? I have none, Your Worship. Okay, thank you. Then seeing that all presentations have been made, I will now declare the public hearing closed at 5.22. PM. Thank you. Um, this uh, topic will come up later when we talk uh, bylaws tonight. So our next topic is uh, bylaw 2131 amending the land use bylaw number 1891 for the purpose of redistricting plan 3115 HW lot 11 and plan 3115HW lot 10 from highway commercial C2 district to direct control DIR-C. So maybe someone would like to um, move so that we could go into a hearing on this matter. Councillor Good, if you would read that, please. Okay. Um, 
I'll move the council open the public hearing to the, on the matter of bylaw 2131 amending land use bylaw number 1891 for the purpose of redistricting plan 3115 HW lot 11 and plan 3115 HW lot 10 from the highway commercial C2 district to direct control district 3rd C. Thank you. All those in favor? It is carried. So I um, now declare that this statutory uh, public hearing is open at 523 and note that this hearing is held pursuant to section 78606 and 692 of the Municipal Government Act. I request the manager of planning and development to confirm what the purpose of the public hearing is. Ms. Moe. Purpose of the public hearing is to amend uh, two properties, Plan 3115 HW Lot 10 and Lot 11 from the Highway Commercial District to the Direct Control District of the Land Use Plan. Thank you. Uh, when was the public hearing notice advertised in the local paper? It was no, advertised on March 29th, April 5th, April 26th, and May 3rd. Thank you. Um, do you have any written submissions that were received and not included in the public hearing agenda package? I do not. Okay. Um, so, all persons giving uh, oral presentation are to clearly state their name and presentations are to be brief and to the point. And I'll now call on the development officer to designate to start. Good evening. Thank you. All right. So, we're here to review the a specific development proposal for a specific parcel or site uh, within the town of East Rivers West Hill. Uh, the application is to redistrict from direct or from the C2 district to direct control. And we are doing that on the basis and the assumption that the prior bylaw bylaw 2130 would be adopted. If that is the case, then this proposed land use bylaw amendment is consistent with the direction that is established by the MVP, as long as that bylaw is approved. Uh, so the proposal includes one residential apartment building as well as four commercial buildings, which the proposal includes 10 commercial units within those buildings. Three of the four commercial units or buildings are designed to accommodate a drive-through. Uh, we do have a conceptual 3D flyover that is available uh, that's linked within the, um, the hearing report. And consistent with uh, the proposed bylaw 2130, the, this is a change to C2 that does not specifically enable residential uses, um, but allows us to contemplate a mix uh, through the direct control. Okay, I'm not going to read over everything again because it's many pages, but I hope you guys all enjoyed reading them as much as I enjoyed writing them. Um, a couple of key things to highlight on the subject site uh, is the location is on the West Hill. We are bounded by our service road uh, to the north, but that is immediately next to Highway 2. Uh, we do have the rail line at the north or the south end, and St. Germain Creek does run through the middle of the property. And then we have our no frills on one side and the GM dealership on the other. Uh, this site has not seen a lot of residential development, so it's predominantly greenish field development, uh, but there was 
some developments uh, back in the 70s, uh, and we do have a concrete foundation that can still exist on the site today. In terms of the evaluation, so redistricting to direct control here is appropriate because of this uh, introduction of residential uses to this area of town, which is quite unique for us. Uh, it's also a mix of residential and vehicle oriented, which our land use bylaw isn't well set up to deal with. So it's this kind of specific type of development that's new to the town. The proximity to the highway and the rail make the site unique, as well as the St. Germain Creek running through the middle of it. Uh, given that uniqueness, uh, we are the proposal and what we've asked, what we're asking for is that the developer provide a lot of the information at the land use bylaw redistricting stage rather than at the development permit stage. The reason for this is that we are redistricting to direct control and that gives lots of flexibility, which is great, but it's also taking away uh, as of right development rights because those are in the C2 district. And it is putting council in the position of being the development authority. And you wouldn't want to take away those development rights from the C2 and also be in the position to say yes to this development if we're not certain that this development is fully baked and the details are good to go and we can say yes to it at the development stage. So the idea is that we're front loading the requirements to put council in the position to then very quickly be able to turn out around and say, yes, this proposal is good and we can approve it at the development permit stage. Uh, so we have provided an overview of how this proposal aligns with the policies of the municipal development plan, uh, both the existing policies as well as the newly proposed policies. And we have highlighted throughout uh, the spots where where the application and the information that we have today uh, are making sense and areas where we expect more information coming forward. Based on what the applicant has provided to us, I think that they're aware that there's more information and more details that need to be uh, brought forward, but the, there's no absolute showstopper today in terms of what's been presented and the application and the site design that we've seen. We certainly can contemplate it, provided the MDP is amended. Um, and then this is the intent behind this report is to provide a fulsome overview of the information that we would need to put ourselves in a position to say yes. The assessment also highlights how the land use or how the application as it stands today relates to different provisions of the land use bylaw. So we've given an overview of how it relates to the uh, direction that's in the direct control district itself, as well as some of the parts of the land use bylaw that would be that would come into play if council so chooses, because ultimately the direct control gives you lots of flexibility, but it also directs you to consider how the the other regulations of the land use bylaw what they would recommend. So we've highlighted the parking. Uh, as well as the landscaping that is provisions that are usually required in the uh, uh, higher density districts where we're dealing with an apartment and, and some of those other details. So in terms of, I'll just kind of highlight the recommended information. So I'm looking at page 15, just do a little bit of a summary here. Um, we have spoken to the applicant previously and 
had a cursory review of the servicing that's available at the site. Based on that cursory review, we are fairly confident that our water services to that to those parcels are sufficient to handle the additional load that they're proposing. We are not as certain about the sanitary capacity. So one of the first pieces of information that we would be re requesting from the applicant is a demand calculation for the sanitary sewer to ensure that we do have the capacity within our system to accommodate the four new buildings uh, with the and the residential apartment. Uh, in addition to that, we would expect the detailed site plan from a surveyor that identifies all of the key uh, elements of the site. Uh, a geotechnical report because they are proposing a an apartment that is very near the top of the bank of the St. Germain Creek and they are also proposing a, an underground parking structure. So to ensure that those things are feasible at that spot, we would expect a needed geo to confirm that. Um, as I highlighted in the previous public hearing, a traffic impact assessment in particular uh, would be required both for the circulation within the site as well as for access to the site and the impacts that it would have relative to Highway 2 would be required. We would also encourage an internal circulation analysis uh, because the site does have a lot of parking and a lot of buildings and some sidewalks and how they all mesh together, particularly right at the center, uh, is potentially of concern. We just want to make sure that we're dealing with those issues before they manifest themselves in real life. Uh, we would also certainly need a stormwater management plan. The site slopes basically from the northwest to the southeast. We have the creek at the back, um, and we would want to make sure that the stormwater on the site that is being managed appropriately, both for the site itself, but also to ensure that it's not compromising downstream properties uh, or infrastructure including the rail line and our public works areas. Um, access agreements, so we there are, if you look at, um, I'm going to flip you to one of the last pages. Actually, it is the last page of the hearing report uh, for this bylaw. You can see a concept that has some property lines, and one of those lots, lot four, is currently, it doesn't have any access to it directly from a public road. Uh, so when it comes to subdivision, the subdivision authority, which in this case is myself as the manager of planning development, is required to ensure that all property has both physical and legal access. So at this point, with that current site concept, without uh, an access agreement, there is no legal access. So that's problematic. So if that were to maintain the way it is today, um, then we would at a minimum require uh, access agreements to facilitate the legal access to that site. And then as is the case with all of our development permits, uh, we would recommend a roadside development permit from Alberta Transportation to be obtained for the developments before we issue development permit or perhaps even the land use bylaw amendment in this case uh, because we do not approve a development adjacent to the highway if Alberta Transportation hasn't likewise approved that development by holding back and not doing that until AT has um, put up their or made their decision that puts the town in the position of being able to have conditions related to AT's approval, which we are in a better position to enforce than the provinces. 
So it's important that we get that information from the province before we make our decisions. And then as we move forward through this process, I would also like to flag for you that we would expect either as a condition of subdivision or development, depending on how the whole development process timing were to play out, uh, we would expect that a development agreement would be required as a condition of one of those two that would provide for the installation of the infrastructure that is required uh, to support this development, as well as the landscaping and defining the access easement agreements. So it would put us in the position of ensuring that those things are being done to the town standards, which is also a standard practice for development. Is there anything else in particular the council would like me to highlight before I, because I, I know I, I skipped over a number of pages fairly quickly for the case sake of brevity, but I don't want to lose any of the, the content that's in the report. I've got a quick question on the creek. Uh, what are we planning to do with that? Because I see the infrastructure is over top of that. So we, yeah. And so that's it. Throughout the report, I think there are a couple of spots where we just highlight that we don't have enough information to really evaluate at this point. And I think that that's a good example of one of those spots where we, we just don't know yet. So to the applicant, we say, please provide us more information about what it is that you're proposing to do. Um, the same would go with the green space because they do allude to green space, both in the video and in, in the document that they provide that they will provide green space to the residents of the apartment on the back portion of the lot, but we don't have any detail as to what that looks like. So there's more detail that needs to come forward before we know exactly what, what and how we're developing the site. Um, you spoke of lot four. Yeah. So where, where's lot four? four. So if we're looking at the last page. So the bottom <laughs> of the page is the, the roadside, the highway. So there's lot uh, one and two are the first two lots. Oh, yes. And then lot four is behind lot two. So it's between uh, the first largest lot and the apartment building towards the back. And you can see on the site plan, there's that long strip on the, uh, it would be the right-hand side of my page, which would be the west uh, side of the lot. That's the access road that they're proposing that would, provide access all the way to the apartment. So that, in theory, yeah. is a public road. More detail to come, I think, uh, but it doesn't provide access to lot four, nor does our public road at the north end of the land. So there's no public road that's specifically providing access to lot four right now. And internal um, streets, internal pathways, they're not considered public in this sense. That's right, and which is why at minimum an access easement agreement would be required because in principle, if you were to divide the lots, subdivide the lots these, this way, you could have six different owners mm -hmm. and the owner of lot four wouldn't have access to their land without going through other private land. So we need at minimum legal agreements that ensure that that access exists. Thanks. Uh, other questions at this point in time? So um, are the utilities up there, like the um, power lines and so on, are they all underground to these lots or would they be or is that? 
immaterial. Okay. Not going to say it's immaterial. I'm going to say that I cannot. No, I'm sorry. There is. If you look at the pictures on that are towards the back, so just at the end of the actual report. So it would be page after page 16. We start on site pictures. So there is it's hard to really even get a sense of it, but if you look at the panoramas, there is actually. Poles with power onto the property. So details to come, but I would make assumptions or at least reasonable guesses that the power would come from the, there. Thank you. Okay. Um, I've forgotten where we are now. <laughs> if I could quite actually jump back in, Your, your Worship. So in terms of our recommendation going forward here, mm -hmm. uh, we would recommend that Council close this public hearing and then require the applicant to submit further information. Uh, we don't have that on this evening's agenda, but we would propose to bring a request for a decision forward to Council with that recommendation at the next Council meeting. And that would be the clear direction to the applicant about bringing forward further information. And then going forward, once we've received that additional information, we would schedule an additional public hearing where we could present the information in public, which is the process that's required. Um, so the council has all of the information that you want to consider in making those uh, land use bylaw and then development decisions. And that then once that second public hearing is concluded, we would bring the bylaw forward for second and third reading. So we expect this bylaw to be on the books with first reading only for some time while the applicant is, is doing their work. Okay, so we'll still go through what we're going through though, correct? Okay, so I'll now call on those in favor of the bylaw to step forward if they would wish. You're looking for us again? I'm, I'm very happy. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> okay, so it's on the record. <laughs> okay, I now call on those opposed to the bylaw. Okay, I now call on any person deemed to be affected who wishes to be heard. Counselors, any further questions? Would you have a concluding statement, Ms. Modi? Your worship. Okay. Seeing that all presentations have been made, I will now declare the public hearing closed at 5:42. Thank you. And um, now, um, Mrs. Miller, um, do we make do we make a motion um, with uh, any first reading? The first reading of the bylaws have already been done, and we'll just move on to the next section of bylaws. I believe the one should be coming up for second and third reading. Okay, so um, to have council kind of indicate that, uh, well, yes, they'd like to see all those details. Do we have to put anything on the books or? We'll bring that request for decision to you at the next council meeting. Okay. So we've got uh, the first bylaw. Basically, um, if we 
go for it, pass it. It will uh, allow some residential within commercial. The second bylaw, when it eventually comes forward, will then redistrict the land use bylaw to support this particular development. Okay. Okay, thank you. Um, I think we're now ready to go on with the rest of the agenda. So, do we have any presentations? Apparently not. However, we're into bylaw 2130 now. The one amending the municipal development plan bylaw 1874. And Ms. Moni, you're Thank you. So yes, this is bylaw 2130, which amends the municipal development plan to provide for mixed use development on in commercial land uh, within the town, which includes land on the West Hill, which would support a proposed development that is on the West Hill. Uh, Council has a number of options. I won't go over the report since we've just had the public hearing, but the options before you include providing second reading, providing second and third reading, or defeating the bylaw. Uh, in terms of the advantages of providing second reading, that includes facilitating the proposed development, um, indicating to the developer that the town is willing to consider mixed-use development applications with the residential component within the commercial area of the West Hill. It creates a mechanism for the town to consider residential development proposals within the West Hill and allows for potential further adjustment to the bylaw before council gives third reading. Uh, disadvantages includes increasing the existing pressures to provide services and amenities to residents in an area that is not currently designed to meet their residential needs. And the financial implications include new development will increase property assessment and thereby increase the property tax generated by the developing lands. But the added pressures for new services and amenities may have both operational and capital budget impacts, which we can't really get into certain details about. Uh, those advantages and disadvantages remain the same for uh, second and third reading predominantly, uh, with the exception that if we do third reading tonight, there is no time for additional uh, tweaks to the bylaw prior to it being adopted. Uh, and then if council were to defeat second reading of bylaw 2130, then that clearly indicates the town is not willing to provide residential development within the West Hill, uh, which is an advantage from a clarity perspective. At least we're very being very clear in our direction. Uh, the disadvantage is that it does not facilitate the proposed development. And the financial implications are none in that nothing really changes. So we are in the same situation that we are in today. And it is administration's recommendation that council proceed with second and third reading of the bylaw. Well, thank you. A lot of information. So, um, Councillors, uh, would someone uh, like to move a second reading and then maybe we'll have a discussion if needed? Sure, I put a motion on the floor that Council provides second reading to bylaw 2130. Thank you. All those that, well, any discussion on that motion? All those in favor of the motion? Thank you. It is carried. Um, someone could move us to uh, third reading if they. Uh, Dan, I move um, third reading. Okay, thank you. <laughs> um, third reading to bylaw 2130. Great. Okay, uh, any other discussion on that? All those in favor? Okay, well, we look forward to 
progress in the future on this matter. Was that third reading or was that just moving to third reading? No, no. You only don't have to move to third reading. Although we already read okay. the first. We did the third reading. We're just yeah. to go. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, the next item on our agenda is the assessment bylaw 2135, uh, which. Thank you. Thank you. It was added to our agenda this afternoon, and uh, Director Muckford, I believe this is yours. Yeah. Thank you, Madam Mayor. Um, the purpose of this bylaw is to authorize the assessment and supplementary assessment subclasses for residential property. So, the bylaw 876, single family residence assessments, was repealed uh, by bylaw 2102, the legislation remediation bylaw part one, on July 12, 2021, and has not been replaced. So, Effectively, 76 created the ability for the town to have a residential subclass. So, bylaw 2135 creates a subclass for residential properties as follows. Um, it's going to be a residential and an other residential. Detailed definitions of each subclassification are included in bylaw 2135. Included in other residential in, or the other residential subclass um, are multifamily dwellings. So, in simple terms, um, if it's two or more residences in a property, it's considered multifamily. And um, residential, so single family residential, has historically had a slightly lower mill rate. Um, consistent with MGA sections 297 and 313 of the Act, Council may pass bylaws setting the assessment and supplementary assessment subclasses. For residential property, section 3, 325.1 of the Act allows for such bylaws to remain in force for subsequent years until they're repealed. So the options Council has are to provide first, second, and third reading of bylaw 2135. Um, option two would be to give fewer readings to the bylaw. Um, the recommendation from administration is uh, to provide first, second, third reading and uh, approve 2135. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Councillors, do you have any questions on this item? Uh, Councillor Boychuk and then Councillor Scanlon. So are we talking like a, a house versus a duplex or are we talking a house if you have multi-families, multiple families living in the same structure? House is not going to be called tax differently? Is that what you're saying? No, the prior. So if it's a duplex or fourplex or more, um, that it would can be considered other residential. Um, it wouldn't it wouldn't capture if you had say uh, like a, a basement suite or a granny suite of suites, those types of two families living together. Correct. Um, so this isn't proposing any changes to any tax rates for any buildings quite yet. It just allows the ability to do so in the future. Or so this has been the practice of the town in the past okay. is to have a slightly higher rate for other residential. Um, so this, if if this was not put on the books, then we would lose the ability to to differentiate. So this is currently already occurring. We're just kind of updating some paperwork sort of idea. As a result of the repeal of um, 2102, yeah. that that repealed 876. Which eliminated that language. So we're putting that language basically back in place. We're 
grant council granting the ability to create that subclass. Perfect. Any further uh, questions? Okay, perhaps someone would like to uh, move to give first reading to assessment bylaw 2135. Councillor Good. I'll move uh, first reading to bylaw 2135 being the town of Peace River assessment supplementary assessment subclass of bylaw for residential property. Any further discussion? All those in favor of the motion? Thank you. Uh, would someone care to move us? The second reading. I'll second reading to bylaw 2135. Any further discussion? All those in favor of that motion? It is carried. Um, now to get to third reading, we need to go through moving it to be placed for third reading. I bring a motion on floor, your worship, to allow bylaw 2135 to proceed to third reading. Thank you. All those in favor of that motion? It is carried. Would uh, another councillor perhaps like to uh, move to give third reading to this motion? I come to give third reading. Thank you, Councillor Shannon. Uh, all those in favor of third reading? It is approved. Thank you very much, Mr. Mumford. And a, a separate question, but related um, tax notices and things like that will be going out when? Subsequent to council's approval of no or the tax rate bottom? <laughs> No, normally those notices go out in the mailing date will be set towards the end of May. Yes. Um, with payments due uh, 30 days or or June 30th, whichever one is uh, later. So in the event that we are past May 31st and sending out those notices, there's still a 30 day period for um, for people to pay prior to penalties. Okay, thank you. Okay, now we actually have some unfinished business at this meeting, and it's the Engineering and Infrastructure Quarterly Report. Um, Acting Director Modi gets to come forth again. I'm just going to pull that up for myself. All right, yes, so this is our quarterly report from engineering and infrastructure uh, with probably because for, for my own uh, biases in an area of knowledge, uh, perhaps slightly too skewed towards the town hall in terms of its activities. Uh, but some of the highlights that we had from our department include prepping RFTs or RFPs and tenders for our capital program. Uh, in the first quarter, we were working on the NAR 2023 engineering RFP and also the Main Street concrete repair RFP. Um, we're also working on the active transportation plan phase one. Uh, we have one land use bylaw and MVP amendment, which we heard this evening. So we were received that application in the first quarter and we're working on the amendment bylaw. And we're also been drafting the business grant policy. For the GIS side of our department, we have been heavily involved in CityWorks implementation, uh, which is moving forward. We're hoping to have to be operational with CityWorks later this summer. 
that it's been moving steadily forward with configurations over the past uh, four about four months. And we also successfully completed our biannual update of the property data for our web maps. So if you go to them today, they are up to date as of March 31st, which is acceptable given the amount of times the property lines shift around in our community. Um, for building and development permits, I did want to highlight for everyone that from January 1 to March 31st of 2023, we received the same number of applications that we received to June of 2022. So we are busier this year than we were last. And judging by the pile of applications I saw downstairs today, that's continuing. That's good news. And you can see our permit values uh, for the first bit of the year. Um, for our second quarter plans, we have a lots of things that are ongoing from the first prior or from the first quarter. I want to highlight in particular that RFPs and tenders. We are working on awarding a number of the RFPs that were going out uh, previously, and we're also putting out a number of other. Uh, the town hall accessibility project tender is out now. Um, 99 Avenue Trail is also out. We're aiming to award in the near future. Asphalt and concrete repair RFP is being prepared, and our, we're also looking at crack ceiling for 2023. Uh, for public works, their first quarter highlights for their operations include their winter operations, sand and salt, um, and lots of snow plowing on the roads. That was finished up in late March, early April, and then we went straight into flood watch or river watch for um, annual breakup. And there was also the annual spring steaming of our storm water mains, catch, basin, catch basins and culverts, and the holiday decoration teardown. And then for emergent works, there was that water main break on 101st Street, which did take up a fair bit of public works time and overtime. Uh, for the second quarter, they are focusing on street sweeping. Um, and they are this week working on the north end, finishing that up and potchel patching. Uh, for the cemetery, our monthly maintenance begins at the, this month in May, and sanitary fluid uh, flushing on the north end is also ongoing. And we are also working on commissioning the Gulf Water Station. Uh, Public Works is also working on a lime painting RFP and a sanitary sewer flushing RFP. And for emergent works, we had a 90th Street emergency stormwater repairs. So that's between the rail bridge and the Old Bridge, I don't know what we're calling it now, <laughs> on uh, the Peace River on the west side. Uh, we had some earth movement that we are around a storm culvert that is now needing to be managed quite carefully, and it does have water and uh, sanitary lines that are running near to it. So we're doing that especially carefully so we don't compromise our infrastructure through the area. Uh, for water, wastewater, they find preparation for spring breakup and operations as usual for the first quarter. And in the second quarter, they are focused on their implementing the 2023 budget and the bulk water station commissioning and operations as usual. If they can operate as usual, I think that's a, a good thing. So those are the primary highlights. Uh, and I'm sorry, then on waste management side of things. Um, First quarter, DFL, we did have some notable issues the week of January 9th, 30th, and March 6th. Contractor has been working with us to resolve those. Uh, for second quarter, uh, we do have spring cleanup, which is the week of May 22nd. 
and they'll also note fall cleanup is tentatively scheduled for the week of September 11th. And our yard waste bins went into Centennial parking lot on May 1st, and they'll stay there until the 31st of October. And they have been up or picked up regularly uh, since we put them in. So they're very well subscribed, basically immediately. Well, they, they seem to be uh, full, and I went by on Sunday already, so good. I, I like the um, report in that you reported on first quarter, and you get, give a heads up for second quarter, because uh, the reports are like all quarter plus a month kind of thing. So it's kind of, I think it's kind of handy to know what's upcoming a little bit. But questions? Councilor uh, Shelley? Did you just say that? They were put in May 1st and they're going to stay there till October 1st? 31st. Or 31st, sorry. Oh, okay. I always thought they went way in between that somewhere, but maybe I'm wrong. Yard waste bins? No, they're at least last year. That's all. That was the first year. You're talking about the ones in the Centennial. Okay. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's how long they'll stay. Thank you. Other questions? Councillor oh, Farr? Um, is there any uh, plan for the fire hydrants? That we ordered in a bunch of them last year and we have a operator this year and is there any plan for that i know that they are on the work plan okay absolutely they have not been forgotten i'm not sure of the exact implementation plan but i can follow up with uh, the superintendent and provide more information next time okay. other, other questions so I, I guess uh, one of the ones would be uh, when would people expect to um, see activity on uh, Main Street with respect to the new uh, sidewalks or whatever? So that's the actual activity and construction will still be a little ways out. Uh, we have received the proposals from the consultants. That's for the engineering side of things. So we're evaluating those right now and we're hoping to award that. Once we've awarded, then the engineer will have to spend some time developing the program, which is designed, will be designed for over three years for repair, and then we'll put out to tender this year's. So I wouldn't expect concrete being poured or repaired until realistically, I would say at least August. So this year is going to be a little bit delayed, but because we're setting up the program for a three-year, we should be in a position then that next year we'll be able to tender in early spring and get that work done earlier in future years. So the slightly later possible uh, pouring of cement might impact uh, sort of the plan as to if it's one side, the other side, or some part in the south, some part in the north, as opposed to... I'm just saying because if you're going to um, impact uh, storefronts, that would impact that would have uh, uh, bearing on how late you start or how not late you start. I would think. You know what I'm getting at? No. Um, I'm saying okay. Just suppose, and this is just suppose, um, the east side of the streets is going to be first up. Would you necessarily start that if you don't think you're going to finish it because you're starting in uh, late August, as opposed to saying, I'll do a part, a smaller part that's not going to impact as many storefronts, get that done because I'm starting later in the year. If I can get it done, that's, that's my hoping. Well, we'll definitely be looking to 
focus good construction on probably the worst areas, the highest priority, but also highest priority, highest priority in an area that um, that makes sense, that is gives us some economies of scale. We try and get an area done in one. Um, but that being said, ultimately the details of that are part of what the engineer will develop. Okay, other um, questions on this matter? Okay, well, thank you very much uh, for the update. And um, we'll probably ask uh, someone to move the uh, report for information. Councillor Carr, so moves. All those in favor? Noting that Councillor Scavalon left read the minute. Okay, next up we have new business. And the first one is the Alberta Municipalities Resolution, a request for a seconder um, or AM Muni resolution going forward. Uh, CAO Bell or Bell Miller, please. Thank you, Russia. So as mentioned, this request for a decision is related to um, a resolution that's being put forward at the fall, um, the AMA or AM Alberta Municipalities uh, Conference in September. So the Peace Regional Mental Health Task Force drafted a resolution for presentation at the spring RMA session and also wanted it to be brought forward to the Alberta Municipalities Conference. The um, Northern Sunrise County brought forward the resolution in the spring at RMA and it passed with 89% in favor. And so the task force then asked the town of Grimshaw to be the sponsor at the conference in September. And you'll see attached the resolution that was drafted that's being put forward. And the town of Grimshaw has asked the town of Peace River to be the seconder of this at the conference. Thank you. Councillors, anything to add to the briefing note? Would someone like to uh, put forth a motion? Perhaps Councillor Boychuk would put forth a motion. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Councillor Boychuk's motion is that council support the attached the Resolution Rural Access to Supports for Addiction, Homelessness, and Mental Health and indicate that it's Council's intention to second the resolution during the Alberta Municipalities 2023 Fall Convention. Thank you, Councilor Boychuk. Any further discussion? All those in favor of the motion? Thank you, and uh, thank the group for all their work that went into getting that motion uh, organized and to this point. The second item of new business is Northern Sunrise County Intermunicipal Collaboration Framework Agreement, extending the review period and CAO Miller. Thank you again, Your Worship. So this request for decision is around extending the um, review period on our ICF agreement with Northern Sunrise County. So our agreement is, um, the terms was 2022, 2023 finished four years, and this year we were supposed to begin our review for the next four years. Um, the current period did not allow for any um, increases to the um, agreed upon fee that they're paying for us providing those services. So um, 
Municipal Affairs, there's been a lot of talk around the ICS. Municipal Affairs has recently put out um, notice that allows the extension of the review period for a further two years from five. It had to be every five years at minimum, and now it's every seven at minimum. So given all things considered, um, our county partner has asked for the Town of Peace River to consider extending the current agreement review period for two more years, and they have offered to increase the premium rate they're paying us by 4% each year. So administration is recommending that council move forward with that request and accept the proposal. Thank you. Uh, councillors, any discussion on this matter? We have reviewed the letter and um, so the 4% the is 4% of the 2019 figures and then the for 2025, it's 4% of the 2024 figure. So that's the way it goes? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, thank you. Okay, there's no discussion. Uh, would someone care to put forth a motion on this matter? Councillor Good, if you would read your motion. Yeah, I'll move the council extend the review of the intermunicipal collaboration framework agreement with Northern Sunrise County for two years with an annual 4% increase to the fixed operational cost sharing amount for 2024 and 2025. Thank you. Councillors, any further discussion? Okay, then all those in favor of the motion? Opposed? Okay, the majority carried it. Uh, next item, we have reports, and the first one is the um, ACC a conference update with Councillor Ford. Thank you, Your Worship. Um, I actually wasn't 100% uh, prepared to uh, provide a full report on this today. Um, once the slide decks from the conference are posted, has a lot of information, I'll definitely be sharing that with uh, all of Council. But I can tell you that I emceed the conference, uh, both keynote speakers and uh, the rural stream in front of about 200 people. Um, one of our keynote presentators was uh, Inspector Ollie Fisher from Sussex, UK um, on rural crime. Uh, a couple of things that they've done is they've done major extensive studies on the types of crime, the impact of that crime and who's impacted. Uh, one third of their police calls are mental health or vulnerable and uh, drug issues. Um, they use a program called Jessup J-E-S-I-P, which is Joint Emergency Service Interoperability Program, and it's mainly about agency sharing, communications, that sort of, that sort of thing. Another thing that I did find interesting that Sussex uses is they use a lot of, um, a lot of IT stuff. So for instance, CCTV, uh, face recognition, and they also, in the rural areas and urban areas, they're, they're using an app called My Three Words. So basically how that app works is uh, they've taken the globe, they've divided the globe into one meter squared areas. So you basically download the app, you go on the app, and let's say you're in a facility uh, with one address, but it's a large area. You open the map on the app, touch the blue dot, where you're supposed to be, 
and it brings you to that one meter square area, which gives you three uh, distinctive, word, distinctive words. And you tell your uh, dispatcher, whether it's fire, police, whoever, those three words, and they can pinpoint your location to that one meter square area in the in that area, in that building. A couple of other things that came up. Um, uh, this came from I think it was a sar sergeant from uh, Calgary Police Services. So one thing that uh, is happening out of Calgary is organized crime is actually getting and picking on the homeless and uh, getting them to do their copper thefts from certain areas. And basically, if they get they get caught, they're expendable. Um, that's one of the things there. Um, another thing that a lot of mail thefts in Alberta are happening near the same time as your T4s and T5s come out. Uh, moving on from there, um, in the rural stream, um, they had a present presentation on restorative justice, the same thing as what China Seeger does, except it was more of a comparative um, uh, comparative uh, restorative justice from different programs throughout Canada, which are pretty close, all operating the same. Um, one that was very, very interesting was uh, Staff Sergeant Chris Smiley with the Alberta RCMP did a presentation on regional police and the crisis team, which we all know is RPAC. So just a quick stat coming out of that. Uh, Five-year trend, mental health calls to police in Alberta RCMP. 2018, there was 17,696 calls for service. 2019, 18,206. 2020, uh, 20,480. 2021, 22,574. And then in 2022, it dipped uh, to 22,540. And that, which kind of, uh, it's an increase of 27.5% in mental health calls. Um, a couple of other, the other presenters was a lot to do with septed and or what's called urbanism. They're kind of, they kind of go hand in hand. Um, we'll skip those ones for now. Uh, so on the second day of uh, Rural Focus Stream 2, our keynote speaker was Karen Gosby. Uh, she has a book out called The Perfect Nightmare, which is available on Amazon. And it's uh, basically her presentation was um, about domestic violence as she, uh, most of her marriage was like that. So there was a lot of, uh, um, I'm going by memory here, but there was a lot of uh, talk about controlling um, verbal abuse, physical abuse, uh, abuse by money. So can't, can't get away with when you have young kids and no money. And just a lot of information on that. There's lots of great information on the slide decks. Um, another one was Julie, no, Petra Schultz. And she's a co-founder of a group called Moms Stop the Harm. And I think, I can't remember her son's name, but it's called Johnny's Story. I'll have to get the slide deck. But she lost her son to uh, opioid poisoning in 2014 um, so she's she's looking at uh, trying to not or to decriminalize certain drugs to a certain amount um, but there again like I say I'll, I'll share the slide decks with you when uh, when they're posted on our 
social media or our website, and that those will be coming out within about two weeks. But the conference itself was the most people we've had there in years, and very very informational. But I definitely suggest, uh, uh, like our I know our our community liaison officer was going to attend, but ended up having to be in court, so we couldn't uh, couldn't get out of that court date. But definitely. I would suggest getting our peace officers there too and anybody else that ever wants to attend. Next conference will be in Calgary in 2024. Well, thank you. Councillors, uh, any questions of if you may report? So it was a good conference. Well, amazing. Sounds like a lot of topics and current topics too. Excuse me. Yeah. Please. Was there any talk of them expanding the RPAC program or no? Actually, yes, it's on one of the slide decks. Uh, one of the slide decks, have, and I don't have a photo of it, but uh, I will share that information when it comes out. So there is a number of RPAC teams out there right now. Um, there's, I think there was four more planned where they have members there in certain detachments throughout the province, but they're actually waiting for a mental health nurse to be appointed to that team. So there is there is expansions coming. Thank you. Any further questions? Okay, uh, next up we have the community services uh, board meeting minutes of March 22nd and Councillor Carr was unable to attend. Your alternate, who's the alternate? You're the alternate. Okay, so um, Reading over this, anyone have any comments or questions to bring forth? Okay. Uh, next one is the 2023 April 18th Economic Development Committee meeting draft minutes. Councillors Carr and Shannon, anything you want to highlight there? I was away during that time. I think Brad attended. Okay. Yeah. Noticed one of the items on your new business was a point basics meeting location and um, reminders that these meetings are open to the public. That was discussed there. Yeah, I don't remember that. Um, I I do remember uh, there was a request for for somebody from the Economic Development Committee to join Northern Sunrise Economic Development Committee. Um, I don't think they've chosen anyone yet. Um, I think council passed a motion last time, did we not? We need to press that did did yes. we choose one or did we They're talking about a festival and uh, so they're, they're, um, this week is uh, small business week or something. They're doing a walk around town and that sort of thing. Okay, any questions to put forth for the rep to take to the committee? Oh, just one comment, I guess. Yeah. Um, you could probably let the committee know that uh, in regards to the town hall meeting that we had, um, I know uh, one of your members had reached out and we will be doing a, a debrief and a wrap up with the group uh, pending the Sergeant Brown's uh, and our CEO's uh, schedules here in the next couple of weeks. 
Okay, thank you for that. Um, <laughs> would someone like to put forth a motion to accept reports 9-1 through 9-3 for information? So, okay, all those in favor? It is carried. Information items, uh, one from the Recycling Council of Alberta. I would just like to uh, mention from a waste management perspective, perhaps that um, the EPR regulations are coming to meet us on uh, January 1 of 2025. And municipalities are just a heads up. We need to start being aware of these things. Whether it changes anything we do or not, I don't know. But new regulations are coming, new processes. Okay, then we had uh, the council communication package. Well, you managed to review that. And then we have the draft governance and priorities uh, committee meeting minutes of May 1st. Someone like to move uh, items 10 1 through 10 3 for information. Councillor Carso moves. All those in favor? It is carried. Notices of motion. Do we have any? Nope. No, I don't. Comments from the public. Looks like it. Key communication items. Um, maybe our passing of the bylaws on um, um, causing commercial to commercial C2 prop or C2 to become or have residential in it. Those. And anything else is in no, the resolution? The resolution that's going forward to Alberta Munis. Anything upcoming in the community this week? It's hard to say after last week was so busy. Trade fairs. Is it a volunteer week or something? The economic development week. And there will be a group of us around town visiting the businesses. There's also on Thursday night the Rotor Act Town Cleanup that we're calling everyone to come out for, clean up our town. Um, I think there's something else. I can't remember what it was, but yeah, there is a few things going on. Women in the North Conference is on May uh, 10th in town. Councilor Good? I'd just like something to go to our um, our staff, administrational people and our fire people and everybody else who worked over the last couple of days and is continuing to work to keep our community safe. I think. They're doing a bang up job and they're communicating extremely well. So I appreciate it. I think we sh should put something in there to thank them. Okay. So we thank you to staff for their efforts in the past uh, few weeks on uh, many uh, elements, shall we say, including trade fair, fire hazard, uh, heat conference, putting that on. And um, a variety of other things, including uh, all this work on the bylaws that uh, looks rather thorough. So thank you. Um, maybe that's it for those. Uh, closed session. We don't have one listed. And um, adjournment. Anybody care to cause us to adjourn? Councillor Carr does at um, 6.22. All those in favor? Great. It is carried. Thank you. That's what you told me. That's a public here. My friend, that's a long time.